Welcome, superhero. Your heart is in the right place. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. In this second season of the Superhero of Love podcast, I'm gathering tips from thought leaders about how we can unpandemicize our hearts, heal the effects of the pandemic on our hearts, and love and be loved more than ever before. So let's get this heart party started. Welcome. Okay. Welcome, superheroes. We are here with Carol Allen. And uh, honestly, Carol is, yeah, she just did a heart. For those of you just listening to the audio, she just did a heart, a heart sign with her with her hands, which is so Carol. Carol is pure love. Aww. Carol is, you are. You are. So she is. And that is her forte is is bringing people to love and bringing love to people. You are you are the master of the stars bringing love to people. Aww. She is astrologer to the stars and the hearts. <laughs> and I swear to God, Carol, everybody like whatever anybody sees, like we did another podcast in the in the first season of the Superhero of Love podcast. Yeah. And I feel like half the people I know said, oh my God, you know Carol Allen too? Because I feel like it more than, even more than Kevin Bacon, it's like six degrees, but it's more like two degrees in separation from Carol Allen. Oh my God. <laughs> well, only because you know all the cool kids. Um, right. That's so funny. I was a uh, Kira Sedgwick stand-in on a movie. And uh, so you can play six degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon with Carol Allen. And that's like two degrees, right? So it's me, Kira, Kevin. Is that two degrees? I guess. That's and I met Kevin Bacon when I was an actress in New York because of one of my best friends was best friends with his girlfriend at the time, right? Wow. Wow. We so, just. Okay. So we're basically ourselves. related. Okay. You and I are related. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I want you to tell them in your words what you do and what your passions are about um, Vedic astrology, because hearing you talk about it, it, it is, it's delicious the way you talk about your work. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Well, gosh, I am a Vedic astrologer, which for anyone listening is the system of ancient India, which uh, the word Veda means wisdom or knowledge or truth. And it's where it's first found written, which are in these beautiful writings from ancient India. Some scholars think they're 4,000 years old. Some scholars think they're 8,000 years old. It's the very first place any zodiac was ever mentioned. And we originally, in the Vedic system, there's a 27 sign zodiac. Uh, and it's a lunar zodiac, not a solar zodiac. So in India, when they say, hey, baby, what's your sign? They want to know your moon sign, but not the normal like Aries, Taurus, Gemini. They want to know which of the 27 constellations the moon was in at your birth. And this is sort of like your password to the universe. This is how the universe knows it's you. When you go and you get a blessing in at like a Hindu temple, they'll say, oh, you know, this is Bridget. And then they'll say what moon constellation you have as though to say, right, God's, you know, this Bridget, right? It's very sweet. So what I love, love, love about Vedic astrology is unlike Western astrology, 
you remember Slumdog Millionaire? That yes, beautiful yes. Indian movie that was so incredible. And the whole movie, he's on that show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And he's answering questions. And, they're re- and then it's all flashing back to his life. Well, the very last question, I don't know if you remember, the answer was, it is written. <gasps> I mean, I have chills just. I got chills too. So beautiful. So the philosophy of the East and of Eastern mysticism is much more about destiny and about not you're here to be whatever you want, create whatever you want. It's you have a design, a divine plan and a divine design, and you are meant for something and you came here for a purpose and it's completely connected to what will happen to you and what your desires are, what your talents and abilities are. And it's all to serve the design, the divine reason you incarnated into this lifetime. And so your human point of view might have things you think are desires, but they really might just be the result of your conditioning. They might be the result of your family expectations, your how, what your cool and hip friends are doing, but your true soul desires are a reflection of the, the map of your soul and the map of this incarnation. And so if it is written, then it can be. And if it is not, then it cannot. And so what's hard, I will say, <laughs> about being a Vedic astrologer is, you know, I'm a people pleasing uh, hippie valley girl with cancer rising. I want to tell everyone what they want to hear. I want to make everyone happy and love me, right? And what's wonderful about Vedic astrology is it's it literally is like having a map of your life and a train schedule with timelines of like when is the train of love coming? When is the train of money coming? When is like the work train leaving the station and when should you hurry and jump on the train? And that can bring so much relief. And it's really hard sometimes to say to people, oh, wow, you're like your greatest challenge in this lifetime is love. And I don't see you having kids and you're never going to be a movie star. Right? Like, <laughs> like, it's sometimes really brutal, but, um, but it's the most amazing, amazing, amazing thing I have ever had the, you know, the, the tremendous honor uh, of, of having access to is this knowledge that, you know, is literally like the language of life and, uh, and having access to the truth. So, uh, yeah. So that's all I do. What about, what about you? <laughs> That was so beautiful. That's what I mean. Like everybody's agreeing with me right now. That's listening. I know that that was so beautiful to listen to it. Um, so literally, okay. So the thing I'm like, there's nothing you can do about it. Like there's like, (laughs) okay. I love, love, love that you just said that because, oh my God, I've got to give more information and context, right? We got to follow it. That was pretty intense. Thank you. This is why you're here. So there's essentially I, my, the best analogy I can think of is DNA. So we all come in with a certain DNA that says how tall you'll be, your ethnicity, your eye color, your hair color, you know, your predisposition to certain health weaknesses and strengths, et cetera. But then we do, of course, have free will. So if you're from a family where everyone has a heart attack by 59, there are genetic markers for that. 
well, you could choose to be plant-based and exercise and not smoke and not live where there's a lot of pollution and, and minimize your stress and, 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 and your odds of having a heart attack go way down, right? Or you can be like, screw it. I'm cursed anyway. I'm going to live large. And you can like move to Paris and smoke 10 packs a day and never, you know, exercise and have a lot of lattes and a lot of eclairs and a lot of cream. And yeah, you're going to kick it at like 58. So, so there's what's called fixed karma, which is, okay. this is just how tall you are. These are the parents you had. That is the deal. And then there's negotiable. And then of course there's a spectrum, right? There's a spectrum we're all working within and you can choose to go to the high end of the spectrum, which having your map, having your time schedule can help you go to the high end of the spectrum or you can go to the low. But what I love to help people with, and especially in the realm of relationships, I'm really a believer since we are all expressing exactly who we're designed to be. I'm really a believer. If you're a lion, you got to find another lion. Can't find a giraffe, right? Can't marry a giraffe. So who is another lion, right? And are they really like oriented towards relationships or not? And if they're not, you're not going to change them, you know? So I'll give you an extreme example. I had a client call the other day lovely, lovely woman. And she's madly in love with a gay guy. And she herself knows that that is pretty impossible on paper, but she just said, you know, we have this unbelievable soul connection and we just get along so well. And we miss each other so much when we're apart and it's so beautiful and so deep and it's so intense for both of us. Could it be, could he ever, cause you know, a lot of gay guys have slept with women and it does happen. So and, you know, <laughs> I looked at the chart and I said, honey, you're a lion and he's a giraffe and he's never wow. going to not be a giraffe. Right. And so, so it's such a relief to just know what is so right. right that whole right. Byron Katie loving what is so like, but what is so, and what can we influence and what can we not, you know, because change is hard and changing other people is pretty darn impossible. Changing ourselves is so hard, right? And so, um, but there is, like I said, negotiable karma and fixed. And my training was that about 25% of the chart is fixed and 75 is negotiable. Uh, but things like how many kids you'll have, you know, if you'll marry, you know, if your relationship is compatible or not, those things are pretty fixed, honestly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But you have a knack also for like talking to people about that fixed stuff. And like, so how do we, you know what I mean? Like, how do you relax into this and, and make this work? Like, did you win her over with her lioness? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, you know, honestly, in this kind of situation of two choices, right? You can hope, you know, he will like one day feel struck by lightning and like recognize you're like the best relationship he's ever had. And, you know, uh, and, and like, keep like hoping and waiting and, you know, maybe talk about it. Like, Hey, just what are your intentions with me, big fella? Or 
you can accept the fact that you have this beautiful soul level love that is rare and special with anyone Mm -hmm. or anything. I mean, I've had that with a cat before, but I've had 10 Mm -hmm. cats since that I haven't had that with, you know, like Mm -hmm. I've loved them all, but I haven't had that like, oh my God, heart exploding, like greatest depth of joy. You know, I literally Mm -hmm. had that with a cat, like, shh, (laughs) don't tell anyone, right? I won't tell anybody. Yeah. So I said, you know, so your first choice is to hope it changes. Your second choice is to go, this is my wonderful friend who's a giraffe, but I'm a lion and I'm not going to ask him about it. I'm not going to pressure him about it. I'm not going to hope and wish and pray. I'm going to go on with my life and be open to love with someone else, but keep him in the beautiful role that he's in, but not spend all my time and all my, you know what I mean? Like, like my, you know, because I think sometimes love comes into our lives to kind of open us up, mm-hmm. feel something within us or mm-hmm. initiate us in some way to make us more ready for the person that is really our person. Yeah. So it's my hope for her that it's that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gay men also, I mean, I've had my own experiences of thinking, oh my God, I just love him so much. I wish he was straight. I've had my, my fair number of those because they have certain, no, it, no, not that I was in love with them, but you know, like, oh, I could really gay husband, right. It's famous. Like he's my gay husband. I mean, it's happened to like millions of women since the dawn (laughs) of time. Like they're amazing. They're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. 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 This, um, the new course I'm doing is the happy single heart. And it's like, and that's part of what it's about is that, Beautiful. especially at certain ages, especially when women want to have kids, right. And they tend yeah. to like, okay, I, I, you know, like putting all of their light onto this other person, right. And needing to fill some sort of thing that feels like it needs to be filled right by the outside. And I just, I think that your guidance around that is so beautiful and so holistic too. It's really, thank you. yeah. Um, the other thing that you have a knack for is helping people navigate from what they think is a troubled marriage to a happy oh. marriage. And I love- Or so from a about- troubled marriage to a quit banging your head against the wall and like, can you like not hate each other? over the fact that you couldn't be what you each needed to be and instead appreciate that you were both in a tough situation. Right. You know? Yeah. Carol, by the way, has been married how many years? 25. 25 years. (laughs) And it's still like, you guys still act like you just uh, started dating. Like we, we got really lucky. I mean, speaking of that, like, is it written thing? It was written and we're so compatible. There's this amazing, amazing, amazing 15 step technique for compatibility in Vedic astrology. That's just astonishing. And it's how they arrange marriages and how they have for centuries, possibly even millennia. And it's so beyond like, Hey, Aquarius, you're good with Libra and Gemini. Like it's so beyond. In fact, we barely care what sun sign two people are. It's so much more about your moons, which is how you are emotionally, your rising signs, which is like your way of being 
your Mercury's, which is communication, your Venus's, which is how you love, your Mars energy, which is passion and chemistry. Anyway, it's so beyond sun sign to sun sign, but, uh, but it's absolutely crazy, astonishing. And my husband and I can take zero credit. We have a really high score that way. And it's so, it's been such an interesting, um, almost like research study for me as a Vedic astrologer, because we are very, very different people with totally different backgrounds. And we really struggled in the beginning for a while because we didn't match each other's picture at all. And he was never going to get married. He was like that, like goofball actor guy in a band thing. And I was certainly not going to marry a guy in a band. <laughs> we really, but we just had this this ease and this agreement and this comfort based on nothing on paper that just made it um, impossible to resist. Right. And, 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 and I really, I'm so grateful because, you know, we were so young and we were both pretty uninformed about like how to communicate well and how to have good boundaries and all that sort of grown up mature relationship stuff. And, uh, and if we didn't have this like level of energetic flow and agreement and ease, oh my God, we would have never, and we screwed it up anyway. We screwed it up for four years and we were broken up and he almost married someone else. And I dated like, you know, 700 people. And then we came back and we got married and we've been like that boring, boring old married couple for 25 years. It's like happily on the couch with a cat in our laps watching antiques roadshow every Saturday night. I mean, like we are so boring, Bridget, and we love it. <laughs> I want to say, cause you've mentioned cats a couple of times. I just want to say oh. you have giant hearts because I just feel like, like it makes me cry to even think about it. Like, I, cause I can't, I can't, I don't have as big a heart. Like I can't foster. Cause I, my heart. Oh, would, oh, oh, oh. Freaking yeah. We have 45, we've four, we have fostered 45 kittens standing yeah. ovation standing <laughs> ovation all all the kitty lovers are giving you a standing ovation well it's so funny astrologers always have something going on significant with the sixth house in the chart and the sixth house is pets and so we we always have cats for some reason it's just like this weird thing and um Anyway, I have to say my favorite part of fostering is finding homes. It is so rewarding and incredible to uh, like play matchmaker. If I could make a living as a kitten matchmaker, <laughs> anyone watching who wants to sponsor my whole new career as a kitten matchmaker, please do. Um, yeah, that would be like the dream job of dream jobs. Yeah. Oh my God, I so. love it. Oh, it's so yeah. amazing. Hey, one of the things that we're talking about this season, what I'm asking everybody is, is how their world and their professional world was affected by the pandemic. Uh, during the pandemic, I've never seen singles so sad and lonely while being single because all their distractions were removed. And in some places like in Canada and Australia, you know, in, and in, parts of the U S that are cold and people live in apartment buildings. Like, Oh my God. I mean, I had clients that didn't see people for months, didn't go to dinner, didn't have friends over, didn't travel for two years. I mean, it was absolutely devastating. So one thing that is 
good that's come out of that is there is more desire for serious relationships now. And this is being seen across the board on, you know, dating apps and match.com and people are more committed, both men and women to finding Mm. and keeping real love. And so it, it was a wake up call. And it also, of course, raised the divorce rate a lot. And for the most part, it was people who should have divorced anyway, but were distracting themselves with friends and travel and being able to like be okay in spite of the disconnected marriage. And, you know, I have some people in my own life that broke up where my husband and I were like, oh, finally, right? Because they were really mismatched from the start. And COVID really took away everything they had used to compensate. Uh, yeah. So, so, so that, what I like about all of that is it's my hope that people now are more committed to their real dream of love and to their vision mm-hmm. and that they can take that vision and that dream And instead of being like, oh, I got to go out on a date or, oh, I have to internet date or, oh, I have to flirt with strangers. It's like, no, you're so lucky you can, right? Like, isn't it great that you have the possibility of, you know, not just like meeting somebody on some park trail, six feet apart, both of you masked, that you can actually go to dinner again and you can actually like kiss a stranger, you know? Right, right. So yeah. So, so it revealed uh, things that needed to break apart, but it also revealed people's true desire for deeper connection. Right. Like the, the intensity of their real dream that before they could kind of sweep under the rug or not admit to themselves. So that I think is a good thing. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you for shining a little light on, on some good stuff that happened during. Yeah. Pandemic. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I really did like that simplicity. I did like that excuse. It was great. <laughs> yeah. My husband loved it. He was like, yay, I don't have to share you with the world anymore. You're just oh. home all the time. <laughs> oh, precious. Carol had a little bit more to say about how the pandemic was for her personally, too, as opposed to for her clients. So let's listen to that part of our interview now. I do a lot of live events and I was able to still see people and do live events. And it was such a help. Um, The pandemic, I've never been so heartbroken in my entire life as I was during the pandemic. It was a complete and total loss of innocence Mm -hmm. for me in the system and the way the world is run. Mm -hmm. And I'm a lefty liberal And now I am a woman without a country because this country went so astray Mm. and the powers that be that we are supposed to rely on and look to, to keep us safe and take care of us are so incredibly captured now. And the heartbreak I experienced with also the overwhelming coercion and propaganda and programming 
that made everyone turn on each other around how to handle the pandemic, how to respond to the pandemic, you know, the choices. And, you know, I'm a holistic girl and I have some health issues that have forced me to be a holistic girl. And I, you know, to see the lack of sharing of how to boost the immune system and how to help our health. Um, and then to become like all my friends doctor, essentially. I mean, I was running around like helping everyone I know. And the system was saying, call us when your lips turn blue and you can't breathe and we'll help you on day 15, but you got no help before that. I mean, I could do 27 hours on just this topic. So I was absolutely devastated, completely heartbroken and working with clients being able to still have a business, the gratitude I felt for that was to the moon. And uh, and my clients keep me sane and I created more online community during the pandemic, which has continued to this day. And I, um, I am so extremely blessed. So those, you know, that was all true and it's still all true, but my heartbreak is still you know, I'm a woman without a country. I don't know where to go. I can't vote for anybody anymore. Like it's, and if people think, oh my God, she's a conspiracy theorist and misinformation. Like I wish, I, I wish that were true. Mm -hmm. I really wish that were true. Mm -hmm. I really, 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 really wish that were true, but this is based on hundreds of hours of research and it's all available now. Um, and it's, uh, they can find it themselves. So yeah. Right. So yeah. So that's, that's, yeah. So that's the honest answer. That is a heart. That is an, <laughs> and I will tell you one thing I get solace from, I will tell you is back to Vedic astrology. So every major country, the EU, the UK, the US, we're all in what are called planetary periods of Rahu. These are 18 periods long. Rahu is called the North Node of the Moon in Vedic astrology, uh, but the name of it is Rahu. And Rahu is all about deception. Rahu is all about drama and chaos and upheaval. And specifically, one of the things Rahu rules is poisons and toxicity and uh, also things like herbs, right? So Rahu is actually the planet of pandemics, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and it's also, you know, the planet of things being unseen. And in the U.S. chart, Rahu eclipses Mercury. Mercury is the planet of information. So we couldn't get information. The information was constantly changing. One day we're told one thing, the next day we're told another thing. It was like, it's we are in such a Rahu time all over the Western world, especially. And it's part of why the West had the worst, you know, issues during the pandemic, the worst hospitalization rates, death rates, um, unbelievably worse than the rest of the world. If you look at, you know, and now all the injury since the vaccines, again, North America, West, you know, Europe. Uh, the worst. Okay. So that's part of what they can look up. Um, so, and, and it's all, so I take comfort in that 
something about all this is supposed to be happening. Right. 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 And um, something about, you know, I have colleagues that predicted the pandemic 10 years in advance. Right. So world events can be seen in the stars too, not just on the micro personal level, but on the macro global level. And we're in trouble for a while. So again, back to the Vedas, they talk about epochs or eras in the Earth's development. And these are thousands of years long. And there are uh, ascending and descending cycles. And we're in, a, we're in an ascending cycle, but it's one of the darkest. So when people talk about the age of Aquarius, you know, like the the beautiful lyrics from that movie Hair, that Broadway show Hair, right? Um, where, you know, peace and love, you know, drives the stars and the planets, right? Where we all care about our fellow man and goodwill reigns. We are nowhere near that. <laughs> that is like a hundred thousand years from now, right? We are not in a utopia. We are in a time that is still very um, survival. And, you know, yeah, we're not killing our neighbor, but some of us are. Right. And so, you know, so the Vedas write about what are politics like during such a time as this. And it says the wealthy will run everything and be low of low character. People of the highest character will have the least money. Uh, gardens will be destroyed, meaning like the environment. Right. And one of the ways, you know, you're in a dark time. This actually makes me laugh is they say women will choose their own lords, meaning their own husbands, right? So, uh, and, you know, frankly, what that is saying, right, is, you know, we don't always do a great job of that. I wish we did. I am all for women having agency and freedom of choice. And it doesn't always go so good, right? Because mother nature pulls us into all sorts of difficulties. But uh, but yeah, so we're in a time where the low of character have the power and money and the high of character and spiritual wisdom don't. And uh, and so, so in a weird way, that gives me peace because again, I go, okay, this is all the way it's supposed to be and it isn't permanent and it will be in my lifetime, right? <laughs> but uh, but I'm going to take my joy where I can, and I'm going to appreciate that there is such a bigger story unfolding than what I can possibly understand, and that we are all just playing our part and expressing our role in it. And so, yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. Right. So find your joy. I was just going to say, what do we do in the face of that? Because I mean, when you're looking down at a blueprint of what's happening, that must be super hard to look down at the black and white blueprint. Oh my God. Well, you know, it's very sweet that you called me like big heart because honestly, Bridget, I think of you in the same way. And, uh, and so, you know, we really have to be beacons of love to each other at these times. And so, you know, so many people were breaking up with the people they loved because of differences of opinion about how to handle these issues. And, you know, everyone, everyone meant well, everyone was on the same side 
in terms of what they wished for. We all wanted the world to be okay. We all wanted everyone to be healthy. We all wanted no one to die. And so, so, you know, it's uh, my philosophy has always been, and always will be, I don't care what you believe. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care if you're vaccinated or not. I don't care you know, if, you know, if for your company, you want everyone else to be like, you do you, and I'm not going to give the politicians, you know, running things or the companies behind, really behind things. I'm not going to give them our relationship or our friendship or, Mm. you know, like my whole extended family votes differently than I do. Well, like I said, I don't know who to vote for anymore, but anyway, they all vote differently and I'll go to like a family reunion and my uncle will corner me and say, oh, you have to vote for so-and-so because he's a godly man. And, you know, it's like, I'm not going to give any presidential candidate my uncle, right? My uncle can do whatever he feels is true and right. And I'm going to love my uncle no matter who he votes for. So the thing that's also broken my heart during the pandemic was how much everyone was self-righteous and how much everyone was willing to give up friends and loved ones Mm. and all the couples that broke up over this stuff. And I know children who won't talk to their own mothers over this stuff. And it's just like, we have got to be bigger than that. We have got to care more about each other and get down to like, is their heart good? Do they mean well? And everyone again, like wants everything to be okay. Very few people are truly evil going, let's like screw over the world. Right. Like most people really genuinely mean well. Right. And so, so if I can impart anything to everyone listening, you know, when I look you know, Rahu periods are about paranoia too Mm. and fear, right? Paranoia and fear and not having like the truth, having like smoke over your eyes, Rahu symbolized by smoke. And so, you know, I just really am not going to allow any of that to make me love anyone less. So, So beautiful. Can I ask you a practical yeah. question too, like about yes. your uncle, like, yes. in, at, do you actually, do you engage in a conversation? Cause sometimes I, no. I think it's I not, there's a, no, point. okay, good. I was like, no. I wonder if she's going to think I'm a coward. Cause sometimes I don't, no. I don't engage. Okay. But I love, no, no, no. there's engage. literally okay, by the time they're cornering you at a party, <laughs> <laughs> They're not saying, hey, I'm really curious what you, why you feel the way you feel. Could you please help me understand? He didn't want to know my point of view about policy or what's already happened or, you know. So what I just do is I try to find a way to create connection. I always look for a way to create connection. So when Mm -hmm. he said you have to vote for X because he's a godly man, I said, I am so sorry. You are a godly man. You truly are a believer. You truly live a life of love and service. Would you please vote for president? And that, and I just deflect it, right? I just like mm-hmm. pivot and bring the love back in and make it about our, and then he just laughed, right? And then, mm. but you know, his heart is good and he cares and he really felt that I needed to be enlightened by him. Right. And so God bless him for caring enough about the world that he would take a chance of getting Mm -hmm. in an argument with his niece at a 
family reunion, right? So it's like it's like when my Christian friends finally proselytized me, right? I'm like, thank you. What has taken you so long? Haven't you been worried about me for all this time? Like, where? Why have you waited? And God bless you, but no thanks, right? Like you know, I'm down with J man, just not the rest of it. Right. So, um, anyway, so yeah. Speaking of J man, have you seen the chosen? Oh no. Should I? Oh my God. It is so awesome. So I've always steered clear of anything. Like I, I was so scared to even see Jesus Christ superstar or Godspell or anything Uh, Jesus related my whole life. I'm pretty sure I had a past life that was traumatizing then. Right. Like, so like, I don't even want to touch it, Probably but several, the chosen, yeah. the, cho- right, the chosen is so beautiful though. Oh, like it's about love and oh my God, oh, I, I'm good. so curious to hear what you, um, if you see it, what you think of it. No, okay. but I am watching Chicago and there is like oh. a whole parody oh. of hair in Chicago and it reminded me a lot of Godspell also. So oh. you, you will love it. Okay, cool. Um, Okay. So in spite, so, so the blueprint says Rahu trouble. So in spite of that, we have like, you know, 14 more years of that. I mean, this is not going to be over anytime soon. And yeah. (gasps) Okay. But in spite of that, one little bright, shiny light is that you could, if you don't have love in your life, you could find love. So, so tell us yeah. about that. So like, because that's a bright, <laughs> shiny thing, right? Like shiny ball, shiny ball, everybody. Yes. You have well, love, I more am love. a huge believer in like, again, you can go towards the high end of spectrum. And so in my experience, most people, women, especially are too passive about this part of their lives. And they're so busy since life is busy and expensive. They're so busy if they're single building like their career and then trying to create some like fun and joy that they don't take on the dream of love like they would if it were a career goal or Mm. an education goal. And so many times women come to me and they're like, why have I never in love? And I'm like, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how much effort have you given this? And then on a scale of one to 10, how much effort have you given your career? And they always say something like a million for career and three for love, right? So now that isn't everybody. And I'm sure I just pissed somebody off listening to this because that isn't everybody, right? and I will say it, it is something that if you become intentional and proactive, you can dramatically improve your odds and your chances. And dating is a skill set that most of us weren't born with. And, you know, if you're heterosexual, men and women are so different and the ways with which we are the same, thankfully, are predominantly running the show more than the ways we're different, but the ways we're different are so impactful on relationships that it's just so helpful to understand that. Mm. So what I wish for everyone is I want everyone to go on what I call a mission of love to get clear what their dream of love is, and then to really take it on like you would a professional goal and really like suit up and show up for it. And you know, I teach people how to internet date because there's a, there's a really, really great way to do that and a really not so great way to do that. And 
I have yet to think anyone's profile and pictures don't need changing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, so, so that's, that's what I think is if this is something you really want, like act like it. And don't believe the lie you were told your whole life, especially in your formative years of zero to seven, which is that like your prince mm. will just come and all you have to do is be pretty and like pass out and it'll all work out. <laughs> like you can be so <laughs> passive pass about it that you can literally like go into a coma, pass out, like fall asleep. Right. <laughs> I mean, this is what all our fairy princesses did. Right. Oh my so, God. Okay. Wait, wait. So and if your chart, so what if your chart says not necessarily a great time to, but you look at people's charts, right? And you say, yeah. this is actually, this is a really great window here. And if it's not yeah. a great window, is that just like a good practice time and a good, like open your you heart know, time depends. or what? It okay. depends. Cause there are times where it's going to be hard and everyone you meet is going to be like, unavailable or rejecting or not worth your effort or, um, and you know, and what I find is most people just want to know, they're like, just mm. tell it to me straight. And when I say, you know, it's not for three years, or it's not for two years or the next year is really all about career or whatever I see. A lot of people are really relieved because they're like, mm. Oh God, yay. Now I can stop worrying about it. Like now I can actually like focus on myself. Right. So that's beautiful. And, and it doesn't have anything to do with how old you are. You can be 20 and it can be a block time and you can be 60 in a great love time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so whatever your story is, cause we all tell ourselves stories, uh, you might be totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And then, okay. You're going to do this really, really, really exciting thing in October. So, or excuse oh. me, November. Yeah. You got to tell them about that because. Oh my God. Yeah. If you're, you're looking so for cute. love. If you're looking for love, the great Ariel Ford and I, who of course wrote the soulmate secret and Wabi Sabi love and. Uh, and she's going to be on the podcast in June about her new novel. Oh my God. The love thief. Yes. Yes. Uh, the love thief. So she and I are taking uh, 14 women to an area outside of Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, to a five-star resort that has eight eternity pools and 30 restaurants at Santa Cirque de Soleil show. Uh, we're doing a manifest your, the love of your life in magical Mexico retreat for six nights. And I got my 11th sign up today. So <gasps> Oh my um, God, it's almost full. So it's almost full. Oh, yeah. it's almost and full. honestly, I could see doing this, you know, annually. So anyone, even if it's three years from now, if you hear this, like, call me if you want to come. Right. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to like it. I yeah. don't know, I have that crazy feeling. Yeah. Oh my God. And then you're going to have the stories to tell of the people, those 14 women, what happened with them. Oh my God. Well, and it's over day of the dead. And in my chart, my moon constellation uh, is all about honoring your ancestors and those who've come before you. And so we're going to have a day of the dead altar. And we're going to, I have a beautiful family systems therapist coming to talk about things like birth order and your role in your family and how it's, to, how it's influenced you and your relationships, which it has a massive effect on. Uh, and then we're going to go to like a day of the dead festival and a parade and a beautiful village where the whole village is decorated. I mean, I just, I can't even stand it. So yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. thrilling. 
Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So, but we're going to do and, a and, lot of woo. It's going to be very woo. <laughs> very magical. Yeah. It It's magical, but it's also practical. Like your stuff is always a really good balance of both those things. Well, I'm a Capricorn, so we're very practical. Yes. Yeah. Um, anything <laughs> else? Like, what's the research on that? And what's the data? Right. Give me right. Stats and, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. You're so good about researching. Thank you. Like the stuff about the pandemic, like you dove in right. deeply. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. So um, anything else you want any everybody to know about anything between now and Dia de los Muertos that you want? Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> I also just do yeah. uh, smaller, shorter two-day workshops all over the country about love and relationships. And they're like my total heart and joy. I've been doing them for 17 years or something. And uh, I just get like 12 women in a room and we just talk about boys and eat. And it's so much fun. And, uh, you know, basically the thing I would love to leave everyone with is really we are who we're exactly meant to be. And so the most important thing every day is to say, what is my truth and what do I need and how am I feeling? And the thing that helps manifest love and makes you the most attractive to others, honestly, is being unapologetically happy with who you are. And so what I so appreciate about people like you, Bridget, is you're helping people connect with, you know, that too. And you're helping infuse love into the world. And only when we're doing that can we be a true superhero of love, right? Only when we're really standing solidly in the truth of ourselves do we have anything to give anyone else. So, uh, yeah. So so that is what Beautiful. I like to tell everyone. is like love every day, love yourself, grab your joy. And uh, we're all, in spite of the madness we've all just been through, we're all still so incredibly blessed. And I'm at loveisinthestars.com. Yes, loveisinthestars.com. That was Carol Allen. Find out all about her. She has all kinds of uh, coaching and astrology readings and all kinds of cool stuff that she does on her website. Check it out again, loveisinthestars.com. And if you liked this interview, if you like this podcast, please go rate and review it, subscribe to it, tell every single human that you know about it and have a great, great rest of your day, superhero. Thanks for coming.